Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everyone, it's Erin Carey with Sparking Wholeness, and today I am sitting down with Tracy Cromwell. Being told by her doctor in 2006 that she was pre-diabetic and headed towards a future as a type 2 diabetic, Tracy had to start making better lifestyle choices. A yo-yo dieter most of her life, the news of this diagnosis was frustrating, but put her on a solid path to wellness. Today, Tracy is no longer pre-diabetic feels healthy and strong, taking on century bike rides, eating in a way that supports her body and finally feeling good in her own skin. Tracy's personal health journey inspired her to go back to school where she trained in more than 100 dietary theories and studied a variety of practical lifestyle coaching methods as well as science-based personal training. Tracy now helps clients create a completely personalized roadmap to health that suits their unique body lifestyle preferences and goals. Tracy just recently published her newest book, which I'm so excited to talk about, called Your Personal Journey with Food. It's an interactive roadmap that will take the reader on their own personal journey where they will uncover their current unique relationship with food, which may not be serving them, thus allowing them to create a new, vibrant, unique, and healthy relationship with food. So Tracy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. We have actually, you know, things that listeners don't get to know about typically is how we have had to rearrange our schedule, mostly my schedule, in order to make this meeting happen. And so I'm excited because I have Tracy's book in front of me right now. It is called Your Personal Journey with Food. And it is if you guys remember Choose Your Own Adventure, <laughs> those stories, those little books that we read when we were kids, many of us did. And it's kind of like that. It's like you don't have to read the book in a linear way. You can read it all over the place. And so I definitely want to get into this book because I, I really find it helpful and it can be so helpful for a lot of people. But Tracy, I want to get a little bit back into your background mm -hmm. and that diagnosis or the almost diagnosis that you had and how that changed things, because I think that's really fascinating to hear. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I basically most of my life always felt that I wasn't good enough and my, and I found um, solace in food and then I would diet to try and, you know, lose weight if I gained it. And then also I just, growing up, I, I, I realize now, but I, I never really felt good. Um, you know, I, I realize now I had food sensitivities and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so what happened is I grew up, I, I didn't have a connection between what I ate and how I felt or how food really affected me. Um, let alone my, you know, how much I weighed and what I looked like on the outside, but what it was doing on the inside. And so, um, <clears throat> this kind of volatile relationship, um, came to a head for me, you know, I was, I, I think I can't do the math right now. How old was I when I was told, you know, in 2006, <laughs> but I was pretty, pretty disappointed in myself um, because I, I had fallen back again. You know, I had periods of time where I was really fit looking and all great looking on the outside, 
but I look back at pictures of those times and I'm like, oh my gosh, Tracy, you looked really great. You were putting the time in and the effort. But then I remembered this anxiety feeling inside of me that, that it still wasn't good enough. And I, I still, you know, I was kind of starving myself. I was working out really hard because I was punishing myself. And um, so even though I looked good on the outside, things on the inside were not, you know, supportive. And so by the time, you know, I gave up again, I was stressed out in a job working insane hours, um, enjoying wine um, and chocolate and way too much food. Um, and, um, you know, next thing I knew, I, I was running to the bathroom a lot. Um, I was really thirsty. Um, and um, the doctor told me that. And I was just like, great, just one more nail in the coffin, one more thing that I've done that's a failure, you know. But I had this little, you know, little voice inside of me, this little, you know, which I talk about in the book, you know, this little, you know what, we can, we can maybe do something with this, you know? And so what happened was I thought, okay, you know, I've never taken care of myself ahead of anybody else before. Um, I've always been a people pleaser. I've always eaten food to please others. I have a note. <laughs> it was really interesting. I have a note from the doctor that I could take home that said I needed to start making changes. And I don't know, for me, I that was just something that I needed to support me to be able to come home and say, you know, honey, I, I really appreciate the pancakes and bacon and all of that on Sunday morning which always made me feel horrible. I always feel so sick after that. Or I really appreciate the big, the, the, you know, I ate the same amount of food as he did, you know, but all of a sudden it was like, I could start setting some boundaries. And so, so I went through that, that, you know, I should have taken care of myself sooner. I should have left my body sooner. Why didn't I appreciate everything? So I went through that first. And then all of a sudden I was like, maybe, maybe I can do something about this. So so there was just a ton of ton behind that diagnosis that that changed everything for me. And and now I, I'm so happy it happened because if it hadn't, I think I'd still be fighting the battle that I was fighting before then, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that you say that you never really felt good. And I think so many people think that it's just normal to feel the way they feel, but it's not optimal for them. And they don't really know that they felt bad until they start making changes and actually feel better. Was that true yeah. for your case? Yes. I, I just figured everybody felt like me and I never understood why at school, some kids could do sports like they could. And all I wanted to do was sleep, you know, mm. how, how did they have energy? I just thought that through it. Um, and then I, then I realized, well, they're just better than me. That's my realization. Mm -hmm. Well, they're just better than me. And I'm, I'm not as good as them. I didn't, you know, and, and, you know, I'm 54 at this point. So in the seventies, there was definitely seventies and eighties, there was just really no connection with all of this. And anybody that was connected with their body, they were, you know, quote unquote, woo woo, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and so I had decided that, also through that process that my body just had to suck it up and, and deal with whatever I fed it, you know, and I didn't understand why it couldn't handle things that other people could eat. Well, it's gonna, and I'm going to make it 
Well, that didn't work very well. <laughs> so when I started the journey, I, you know, of, of figuring out my body and, um, you know, when I had that diagnosis, I still yo-yo dieted for four more years, you know, trying different things. I still had that, that fledgling feeling. And, um, but when I came out of it, I was like, wow, okay. Um, now that I'm feeling so much better, now that I've had this experience of trying to figure out my body, even though it was a rough road, um, I, I figured out what it was like to not feel sick all the time, to not be bloated all the time, to not, um, I used to get, eat certain foods and I would bloat out fast, you know, and I'd, I'd be like, gosh, you know, this must be one of those negative um, diet items, which back then they tried to explain, I think bloating, meaning the minute you eat it, you get full fast. It, it, I thought I was just full, but I knew I hadn't eaten enough. So I would just force more, more food in me. Well, when I realized that I didn't have to, that, oh my gosh, soft cheese in me, soft cheese, brie. I can't, I just, my body's like, heck no, we're not eating this. When I started to put that together um, and I realized how wonderful it was to feel um, vibrant and alive, you know, I was like, wow, okay, I've got to help more people figure this out a lot sooner than, you know, it took me, um, you know, into my forties, you know, of feeling awful and fighting through that. So, so anyway, it, it was just uh, an experience that was hard and challenging, but I look back now, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. Yeah. And you took that journey and, and you made it a way to individualize things for yourself. And I really want to touch more on that. But while we're on the topic of individualization, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Sleep Number. Just like with what we're talking about with food, it is so important to understand your individual sleep schedule and what is going to help you to have a great sleep routine, to feel rested, because as we know, and we talk about on this podcast all the time, a lot of our health issues could be vastly improved if we get restful sleep. And that is why I am loving my sleep number bed. My sleep number is 40. And, you know, as I've been sharing about my sleep number bed and my journey with my sleep the last few months, we've gone through a lot of transitions. We moved to a new house. I got a new puppy. That's the newest thing that's happening with us. And I have noticed more so than ever how important it is for me to keep a consistent sleep routine. Now, the Sleep IQ technology with the Sleep Number Bed, it shows your ideal sleep and wake schedule, and it shows the best times for activities like working out and winding down. Sleepers use their Smart Bed Circadian Rhythm feature to improve their bedtime and wake time consistency. And this is something that my husband and I talk about so often is how our circadian rhythm is a little bit different. And that's okay because, again, this is all individual to each person. So consistency is so important with a healthy night's sleep. Going to bed and waking up at the same time, even on weekends, makes a difference for your health. You sleep better with a consistent sleep and wake routine. Another thing that can really help with a sleep routine is dimming the lights. Bright lights in the evening keeps the body alert and it's harder for you to wind down when you are sitting under bright lights during a time when it's dark outside. And another thing is that temperature makes a big difference. A nighttime room temperature of 65 to 67 degrees is actually ideal for quality sleep. I am loving my sleep number experience and I know that you will too. Discover the sleep number 360 smart bed. Special offers for a limited time. 
only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash wholeness. Now, Tracy, getting back to your journey of individualizing food for yourself, I think it's really, really cool that you have been able to transition now to help other people individualize food for their unique bodies and their unique needs. Yeah. And I think because we're sold a, you know, it's either this way or the highway. And then we also have people out there who are like, um, they kind of mock those that are gluten sensitive. They'll mock those that want to be vegan. They'll mock those that aren't like them. And so you hear all that and then you don't want to, what can happen to some people is that you don't want to be one of those people at the party who can't eat something or, oh, come on, just have a piece of cake. Oh, are you on a diet again? You know what I mean? And, 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 I realized, oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's got to change, you know, and if we can help people realize everybody's body is uniquely incredibly different and say, Hey, that is the most wonderful thing on the planet. And once we learn how to drive it and how to fuel it, you know, you can, I go to a party now and if I see that cake, my body, my brain knows if I eat that it's over for the night, but instead of hating it, my body for that, I, which I used to, I, anyone can come up to me now and say, aren't you going to have any cake? I'm like, no, I'm not going to have any cake. You can't, I am so set now, you know, that, that it doesn't bother me anymore. And, um, and so I think for everybody to realize there's just because your body doesn't fuel well on certain foods, doesn't mean there's something wrong with it, mm-hmm. that it's bad. It's, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that you're on a diet because that's the other thing right. you get diet shamed. And I, this yeah. drives me crazy when I first started, I, I relate to this so much and it gets me fired up because <laughs> when I, I first started making changes, it was more about my mental health and mm-hmm. my blood sugar and how my body felt and how I could sleep at night, you know, all of that, yeah. but I would go somewhere and this actually happened not that long ago. And I had the worst response. You know how in the moment you say things and later you're like, Oh, why did I say that? But this was with family members. This is with my (laughs) in-laws and my sweet, my husband's sweet grandma came up to, you know, we, everybody's getting cake for this birthday party and I wasn't having any. And she was like, Oh, what did she say? She said something along the lines of, Oh, you're, you're so good. You have so much control, something like that, you know? And I felt like that statement was almost like triggering to me, like, Oh, I, Oh, cause I'm dieting or because, and I said, no, I said, I, I like to enjoy my food. I was like, it's just not everything is worth it to me. And gosh, and then the way I, when I said that out loud, I was like, oh, now it sounds like I hate this cake and this cake is horrible. And the cake, you know, like it just made me feel really bad. But I think it's comments like that, that people make like, oh, well, you must be on a diet or, oh, well, I, I can't resist. I want to be able to, you know, that's good for you. And I'm like, but that's not what it's about. And once we can embrace, like you're saying, eating for, feeling better, complete, like overall health, not just for like this perfect size or punishment or whatever it is. That's a big game changer, you know? Yeah. And I, um, because what I used to do was again, I would diet, so I would starve myself. And and again, you know, I started dieting in high school. Um, so in the early eighties, mid eighties, yo-yoing. And then, when it didn't work, I'd feel ter- you know, I'd be mad. And so off to go get donuts or off to get the, you know, and all that kind of, all that, all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. but um, what 
what I think we can do for ourselves. And, and I think it's, it is that, that mental health journey is what we eat really affects our, our mind and the way we can handle stress and things like that. And, um, and if we can look past what others think, if they think we're high maintenance, it doesn't matter. They're not living inside our bodies, you know, and, and, and they, and, and one thing, and what I loved when I was um, in school was coming to the terms that, you know, everybody is on their own journey. And, and for me, like with clients, I don't know how someone's going to show up in a day because I don't know what's happening with them or whatever, but embracing that person where they're at and all of that. Well, we can do that for ourselves, embrace ourselves where we're at on our journey. Mm -hmm. Some days are good. Some days still, you know, I, I think I'm pretty well-versed in what I know is good for me, but I'm going to make, sometimes I make those choices. I'm like, you know, brain, let's talk about this brain and body. Let's just think about this. Do I want to (laughs) indulge? And am I, is it worth the price? Like what you just said, you know, I know I'm going to feel bad for two to three hours, maybe a day. And sometimes I'll be like, yes, it's worth it right now. And then, but that, you know, I, I'm so happy. I know now when I don't feel good or having high anxiety that I I know it's like a temporary um, concept of the food that I possibly put into my body. Whereas I used to feel out of control without, I didn't know why, you know. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, back to that mindset of what other people think. Um, and the other thing is we're all on diets. A diet is just what we're consuming right? every day. And I think we've made it, you know, we all are on some form of a, a diet. So you're always on a diet, everybody doesn't matter. You're always on when, <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. So maybe I as well change the perspective of what it means. Yeah, you know? it's true. And, and even, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you get, people out of this yo-yo dieting mindset, right? Because yes, we all have our, because even for the yo-yo dieters out there, because I know there are so many going back and forth, back and forth, you're always hopping off of that diet to your previous way of eating, whatever that is for you, you know? And so you are always going back to that point. You are always on a diet. And then sometimes we just get way rigid, way restrictive. We -hmm. only do it for so long and then we bounce back. So how do you help people overcome that and just get into a more of a stable place with changing habits? Right. So, so one thing I love to do is, um, is explain to, to, to my clients. It's like, it's like, um, when I was yo-yoing, I was more looking at losing 20 to 30 pounds. That's all I was focusing on. And I, and I was missing the lessons along the way. I was, I was overlooking the, my body talking to me along the way. I wasn't paying attention to the responses. All I cared about was that scale. And then when I got there, I didn't know what to do because I knew I couldn't keep taking the diet powders and I couldn't keep, you know, living on 500 calories, which I've done. <laughs> um, and, and I didn't know how to live in this new environment of ma- maintaining. And I also had a real word issue with the word, okay, now you're in maintenance. You know, <laughs> I just, for me, I didn't, I didn't sit well with that. I don't know why, but it, it was like, well, this really sucks now that I'm here. I, I still can't live this way. And, and so I was like, well, um, forget it. We'll just, 
you know, not worry about it. So what, what I believe in my opinion and when, and when I'm working with people is what are, what are we learning along the way and become a, a super sleuth, you know, have fun being the investigator. Um, if this, then that, and then just, and I, ugh, I hate it when I use the word just because just is not just an easy word. <laughs> so <laughs> when, so if you're a super sleuth and you're learning for fun, for education about how your body reacts and you can leave uh, when that data comes back to you, you that if we can accept the data that comes back and respect the message. So for me, it was, um, okay, Tracy, not thinking and you driving to Rite Aid to go get the big box of brunts, you know, which make you feel terrible in the end. Um, wow. Um, maybe if I listen to my body and I really focus on that response, my brain will start to figure out actually, you know, the eating that whole box seemed like it, it was helpful. I, I liked it, but, but I start, you start to understand the repercussions or how terrible you feel after consuming something. So, so my, again, it's a, it's, um, it's basically respecting your body's response. And then, and then even knowing the other thing that helped me a lot too, is knowing I'm going to go through some grieving about a food item that meant so much to me. Mm -hmm. And meaning I have to give that up. And that's a lot of things the diets are all about is you, you're giving up stuff. So if you can reframe that around, is this food supporting me? You know, can I love my body enough to learn how to support it? And as we're going along the journey, we're really, you know, we might be thinking about the weight and the pounds, but it's more about finding the, that, you know, that, that great way to feel your body. And then what happens is just over time, as you're learning about how to do that, basically the weight will take care of itself. No, you may not be able to get it off in the 90 days before going to the Caribbean. <laughs> you know what I mean? And those I think are the hard goals. Those are the goals that I think are really disruptive sometimes because um, we're crash dieting and we're, you know, but if you're willing to take the journey and say, okay, it might take me as a person 12 months, two years to really dial it in sometimes even longer, but I'm willing to do it. I promise you, you will not diet ever again in the terms of what diets mean. Yeah. You may adjust because I still fluctuate, you know, up and down a little bit, you know, and um, it's just the way it is. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Um, what have I been doing lately? That's different. And it's not a condemning thing. It's just like, mm -hmm. okay, oh, wait a minute. I've, I've kind of started... Yeah, I started doing a little bit more of that again. Okay, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna, you know, fine tune. So, um, but yeah, so we work on stuff like that. And because once again, you know how your body is gonna react and your brain gets different signals of pleasure and pain. And and then if you acknowledge that, my, my one of my big things was always, it's a memory more about, and. Um, Ingrid, I think in one of her chapters talks about it, is the relationship with a food item. One of mine is that when I was young, my mom would take a big, you know, roasting pan and she'd pop popcorn and fill it. And then she would melt craft caramel all over it. And 
oh my gosh, but we would all be sitting on the floor watching the scary Friday night movie. And so to me, um, when I think of that, I feel love, I feel, you know, I have that memory. And so for me to realize that, yeah, that caramel popcorn brought us together, but when I eat it, I feel horrible. (laughs) And when I finally realized that it was the memory around the item, and so that I can always have that memory. I can always have that feeling. And um, I don't have to have caramel popcorn every week to get it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense to you. So, yeah. so being willing to figure out what the attachments are to food items helps a lot. That's really, really good. And even I think about, you know, being at family gatherings or celebrations or whatever it is, you often hear a lot of that diet talk, right? Like you often hear, oh, well, I'm just going to have this and Monday I'll get back on track, whatever on track means to you, because that means a thousand things to, to different people. And, and it's funny because it's like, but we don't think about in the moment. Yes, I can. I have all the freedom in the world to have this caramel popcorn or whatever the item is that you're enjoying, especially even in a a family setting or a um, friend setting, a celebration setting, you know, holiday, whatever it is, we think about, oh, I'm just going to enjoy everything I can and then get back on on track. We don't think about, well, I can actually enjoy the people around me and this whole experience without having this, because if I do have this, how am I going to sleep tonight? How am I going to feel tomorrow? How am I going to feel, as you mentioned before, two to three hours afterwards? Mm -hmm. We can add that into our dialogue with ourselves as well. We just Mm -hmm. typically go to, oh, I'm enjoying. And the only way I can enjoy is by going crazy on all of this food, because otherwise I'm restricting the rest of my life, you know? And like, I just think that's such a weird headspace to get into. And, and I think that that's just the way our culture has developed that we show caring and love through, through cake, through Mm. uh, making food. And that makes total sense. But, but at the same time, there's other ways we can do that by, you know, actually being, it's about really being together. And once you, we can, we can realize that's really what we're, we're probably wanting. And not to say your taste buds aren't going, I want the cake, you know, <laughs> and then the brain's like, yeah, I don't know, you know, and, and if you want the cake, have the cake, you know, if you just make, but, but if you do, and you start feeling horrible, make sure you leave that judgment out the door you know, and say, aha, I'm just getting, for me, I like it now because it's just a more validation. I'm like, yep. All right. That I'm, yeah, I knew the answer was going to be this and it just solidifies it for me. And as opposed to me feeling really bad about myself as a human being, Mm -hmm. you know, what lesson can I learn and, and how can I get reaffirmed that? Yeah, that still doesn't work well for me and, and change it like that too. That helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get into your book a little bit, because I know, I mean, all of this is in your book in some form or fashion, (laughs) you know, like this, this whole concept of the yo-yo dieting and, and adjusting to our individual needs. And even we talk about food sensitivities and all of that, but I'd love to get a little bit more into why you chose the format that you chose for this book, because it is unlike anything else out there. If you're talking about a wellness or health book or whatever. So yeah, share a little bit about why it is the way it is. Yeah. So um, about my book author, um, co-author Ingrid and I, so, you know, we met in school and she's in Santiago, Chile, which is like 6,400 miles away (laughs) from me. And, um, you know, through a, through a pathway, we realized that 
we needed to write this book because we had both, even though we're in different countries, we've both gone through um, body challenge, body self-image issues, uh, weight challenges. Um, we we both had reasons why that that we were having these challenges and they were different. Um, and the way that we got through them were still very, very similar yet different. So we were talking and we were like, gosh, you know, we don't want this to just be another book because we know everyone is different. And I have read books before where they're very good, but maybe it's chapter seven that probably, you know, would have helped me if I could have read that one first, then all the other thing I could have, I could have really nipped the big one in the bud early on. And then I wouldn't have been like reading chapter four going, that's not, that's not going to work for me, you know? And so you, you end up going through a book kind of just, you know, in a, as a, um, not quite fitting, it doesn't quite fit you. And so we were like, how can we make this as personal as we possibly can um, in a written form? And so that's why we decided that um, we wanted people to be able to read the chapters and the orders that were best suited for them. Everyone will be different. And if someone wants to read it from front to end, that's fine. Um, back to forward. And um, we do have, as you probably saw, the first first chapters we want people to read in order because it kind of sets the stage. But after that, it's your book. And, um, and so that's why we do assessments at the beginning. And so all the assessments are is to help you um, know where you would be best to start the book at. And uh, again, in this book, we talk over and over again about, you know, how it can be hard to know where you're at and and not feel shame sometimes and so the goal of the book is to let's leave shame out, outside the door it's hard to look at where you are today but if you don't really know where you are and how you got here how how can we move forward and start really making the modifications to make our lives better so you take the assessments and it might mean that and honestly everyone's got to be ready because we're trying to find your, your worst case scenario to help you get to the right book. So every question is phrased in a way that might make you kind of feel bad, you know, about what you're doing. That it's not really intent. We're really trying to make sure everyone understands that, but it's, it's so you can pinpoint, I need to go here because I scored lowest in this, in this area. And that's the only reason. And then um, at that point you can, you know, you go for it. And the other thing too, we, I, um, we set up a website um, and that's listed in the book where those that, um, that bought the book or um, the electronic version can go to the website and they can re-download, you know, the journals and the handouts again, or if they want to do it on those printouts and they don't want to write in their book, they like can that, do it. Yeah. And there's other little handouts in there. And so we tried to make it so if you want to, sometimes you go through this journey several times in your life. I mean, know that this, this roadmap, because things change in your life, jobs change. That's going to change probably the way you might eat, the way you have to change the way you schedule. You might have a relationship change. So say you have someone that, you know, you fall in love with and you move in together and then you've got to figure out, you know, how to navigate all that. And so that was the other thing is that I figured, I hope that people will just, this thing will be tattered and, you know, you know, well-loved and bruised looking and, you know, because it, it, 
things change and, and our bodies change. So, so anyway, it's just, we, we wanted it to be where the reader felt um, safe and heard and had the ability to, to really investigate their own, you know, their own relationships with themselves and their, and their food. Yeah, no, I, what I love, I mean, there are a few things I love, but I mean, quite a few things, but, <laughs> but some of the main ones that, that come to mind is, it's like you said, it's a judgment-free zone. And when it comes to food and eating, there's no, you don't promote like one certain diet. You have all these suggestions, like this might be helpful for this issue that you're having, or this, this might be a good general roadmap with your, even with your nutrition and whole food nutrition. But what I, I really love is that we both went to Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I'm a little bit newer. Um, I'm, I'm a more of a little recent graduate, I guess we would say, but um, they give us this thing called a circle of life. Yeah. And it seems like you incorporated yes. a little bit of that into these chapters, which I appreciated because when I first went to IAN, I went going, oh, they're going to teach me about food, nutrition, what to eat. I'm going to learn the right way to eat for me. And that's that. But yep. that's not what it is. The circle of life that they share yeah. with us is about everything else. And it seems like, and maybe you can share a little bit more about that, why it's not just about the food. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the same scenario when I went, I figured I'm going to learn, you know, about broccoli and all this and that. <laughs> and, uh, and then um, when I realized it's, it's, if, if it was just about the food, no one would be, we wouldn't have chronic illness. We wouldn't have people that, you know, folks that, that, um, you know, lose sight of their health and, and end on a, you know, end up on a journey that, that harms their body, you know, it, it, so really that has a lot to do with the food, but what, what you and I had learned and what Inger and I wanted to bring forth was it's really about most everything else. So for me, I became pre-diabetic when I went into a new marriage, I had an insane career raising two teenagers, you know, a new house and, and, and then, you know, um, trying to come out of it after, and, and I had, um, lost my job in residential construction in 08. So things just got worse. So all of those other things were actually, um, and, you know, they were the ones that were influencing my food, you know? And, and so once I realized that, that, you know what, we need to work on our whole selves and then learn how the food can support us, you know, in that, you know, so, you know, like mindfulness, um, relationships, gosh, if you're a, a starving student, you know, in college, your relationship with, with food is going to be different than somebody that's, you know, well-established in their career and they don't, they're not worried about money and it, it, things are just different. And so, yeah, anyway, but, um, yeah. And I think in the book, we call it life radar. <laughs> it's your radar, you know? And so, yeah, we definitely wanted to incorporate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that because it is, gosh, and stress can impact the way we digest mm -hmm. our food, yes. you know, <laughs> and can impact our hormones. And then that creates a whole new set of issues. And now we want to adjust our eating to support our hormone health and detoxification and stress, which you do go into that as well. You talk about food sensitivities yeah. and detoxification yeah. and ways yeah. to adjust when life throws us off. So maybe you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, Ingrid wrote a very extensive chapter 
on detox and all sorts of different ways and her opinions on that. And, and, um, you know, cause detox can sometimes feel like a scary word to people, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, you know, one thing I, I like to say is detoxification can be actually pretty simple. Um, if, you know, you don't have to go into an extreme type scenario, but Ingrid covered it so well. And, and then the food sensitivities, um, cause again, that was a, that was a situation I remember again, through marketing or just other people's opinions, thinking that you're high maintenance, if you have a, a food sensitivity, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but one of the best things I ever did was I went and I had a, um, blood panel done that solidified even the stuff I had not been eating, you know, cause I had kind of made that connection, but it made me feel like I hadn't lost my mind. Mm. Yeah. When I eat dairy, I feel, I don't feel good when I eat certain things. I just don't. And, and so it gave me that scientific data. And sometimes even, I think that this was the, something I learned at IIN as well. Sometimes you'll end up craving those things that your gut bacteria, you know, we talked about gut health, Will still compel you and it'll cause cravings and things like that for you to want to eat these things you know if you can get to where you realize there's a it's a chemical reaction you're not crazy because you know what i mean if that makes sense that yeah there's a reaction and it causes pain to the body causes anxiety the brain gets upset you know and if you can figure out the that piece of the puzzle through learning about your sensitivities, you know, it changes everything. You could be sensitive to what's quote unquote, a healthy food item. Oats and me are not friends. And oatmeal is, is stated to be one of the most, you know, healthy food items, but it's not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Milk is sold to us every day. You got to eat it. You know, you got to drink it because it's (laughs) really good for you. Well, not for me, (laughs) you know? doing that journey of figuring out how you can get rid of foods that are, that are toxic to you through learning about your sensitivities. Um, we talk about that. Yeah, no, that's so huge. I did a food sensitivity test recently and found out that cashews were my highest reacting food. Well, gosh, I was eating cashews every day. Now I was having a lot of digestive issues and my skin yeah. was going crazy on me. So that was one of the reasons I tested. I was like, there's something going on. Yeah. Well, cashews were my after dinner treat. It was like my, you know, cause they're a little bit sweet. I just yeah. have a little bit, it would hold me over, you know, and my body said, Nope, <laughs> no yeah. more cashews. And so I found that out and I took them out. Well, my skin has cleared up. I'm not having as you know, and there are a few other minor things as well. And, and I think those do change, you know, depending on how our, the state of our gut is. And I think just optimizing yes diversity in our diet is so helpful, you know, and not eating the same thing all the time and relying on one thing. Cause that's when our bodies go, no, no, stop. That's mm-hmm. enough. You know? Um, a good thing, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say to somebody who, you know, does feel like they're on this yo-yo dieting train, I'll call it that, you know, this sounds good. They've read all the books. They would love to dig into your book, but they feel like it's, it's just a lot of information and they want to start small. What would you recommend? Well, um, if you want to start small and I love that idea because again, if we take on all at once, a lot of the time we'll, we get tired and exhausted. So if you want to start small, um, well, 
there's several ways you can do that. <laughs> so one thing you could do is find out if you have a food sensitivity. And, and I know some folks don't want to go to a doctor and they don't want to do those things, but it's worth it. You know, find a, you know, an integrative doctor, or a naturopath, somebody that can do the tests. I know you can, you can um, do now at home, you know, pretty easily. I would say, you know, if you want to start small, you want to be um, knowledgeable and don't want to guess, just go do that, you know, and you'll have, it'll start a roadmap for you. And, um, and if there's a food item on off the chart, you can just start with that one item, you know, and work on that for 30 days, if that's what it, you want to do, and then work on the next one. And, and because um, let's just, um, you're used to having milk. Oh, the other thing for me is eggs. Mm, that's My hard. body that's a rough eggs. one. <laughs> really rough. Um, so learning, so picking one, one item that you then learn how to create meals without that item. You know, um, I had to, with milk, I started doing substitute items. So I buy the almond milk or this or that. And then I weaned myself slowly off of those. Well, so now for me, I just have water most of the time, you know, and I, and no substitutes, you know, for anything like that. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. So I would recommend picking, you know, and because a lot of times if like, like for you with the cashews, you had no idea. And all of a sudden you had that one list, that list in front of you and okay, that's the one, one thing. And so that's one thing that I would recommend. Um, the other one would be um, accepting yourself where you are right now. Just saying, I love myself now. Um, I'm where I am for, for certain reasons. You know, I've tried my best. That's one thing I had to do. I've tried myself, my, my very best. I just didn't know how yet to do it mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know what? I'm just, um, I'll go ahead and, and start learning. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead, like open-eyed new student and, you know, and have that viewpoint and, and, and it's accepting your body right now. I love, you know, my, I love saying this, my body is my number one teammate. It's with yeah. me. It's my number one friend. It is always doing its best for me. And we have, but to learn to drive it. And, you know, it's like a Corvette. I know today, if you buy a new Corvette, you've got to go to like Corvette school to learn to drive this car. You know, it's so intricate. Well, we need to learn to drive our bodies. And so, and we're just really never taught. And so if we can accept that, that we're sold, we're sold marketing, we're sold, you know, products every day on TV, you know, but we're never really taught how to drive this machine. So, so I would have a, that mindset of, of, I'm in a, I'm, I'm still a wonderful person. I just don't know how to take care of it yet. And I'm going to go ahead and love it. And, and when I learn how to drive it again, like earlier, I said, it might take me a couple of years. It, those couple of years or more are worth, you know, it's like a four-year education. <laughs> You're going to get a master's in your body. Right. So that's, those are two areas that I, that came right to mind. It's just, is that, and then just go get the food sensitivities test. <laughs> just honestly, it's just, you just go do it. Um, and you know, it'll give you a roadmap. 
Yeah. And I think those two go together with what you were saying before about just investigating, learn to investigate and, and you are the only person that knows what is going to be right for you, you know, and we have all sorts of people telling us what you're supposed to be doing and do this and eat this way, you know, but you are the only person that can determine what's going to be best for you. Well, you know, and the food test will definitely help with that. But yeah, yeah, I think that's good because we do only have one body and we have it for a significant amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and the other thing that helps me to, now that I'm on the other side of that, just if, if, you know, if you have not come on the other side of it and you don't know what it's like to live in a different way, just know that it is possible. And, and, and the other thing is um, do your best to not compare yourself to others on their journey. So um, you know, I think if someone was to look at me today, they probably think, oh, she's always been self-confident. She's probably always been fit. She's probably always had it together. You know, she looks like she's got everything. It, we have to be careful about that because we don't know. And so if you can take that, that comparison with someone else away and just say, hey, you know, I'm put the blinders on and I'm going to take care of me on my journey and see where I end up. And that was the other thing I loved was, um, seeing what my body can do, you know, what can it do today in terms of fitness as a trainer? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other thing is like, what's possible versus what can't it do when I go to the gym? Why can't I already do this, but what can it do mm-hmm. and have that really that different um, approach of possibilities. Yeah. So, you know, if I was to show you photos of me, you know, in the past, you'd see a yo-yo girl, you know, and, and, and again, the photos of when I was really fit, I looked like I had it together, but I was anxiety ridden. I was in a really, really hard marriage. You know, I, my life was out of control. And I think the only thing I could control at that time was how hard I pounded myself on the stair step. Hmm. I just felt like I had no control anywhere else. And so we just don't know. We can look at somebody and assume, but you know, we don't know where they're at. We don't know what's going on in their life. So focus on yourself in terms of your own journey and love yourself on your journey. And when you make mistakes, those are just lessons. It's like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. So, you know, that's not a big deal. Yeah. And we navigate. Yeah. So I love it. And I, and I love how you said talking about the, um, not focusing on what you can't do, but focus on what you can do. And that goes along with eating too, not what you yeah. can't eat or what the food sensitivity says is food sensitivity test says is not good for you. Think about what you can add in the whole crowding uh-huh. in method, right? Like what are yeah. we adding in? What foods yeah. are nourishing to us? And then it's such a powerful reminder that these people that look super fit and, you know, six pack abs, whatever on the outside, they might be killing themselves with their diet, with their workout and be miserable internally. We don't know. And you are doing what is best for your unique body. And I hope listeners get that takeaway to just be empowered, to be your own health advocate. And that's going to look so different from even what Tracy and I are saying, it's going to look different for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then what the other thing I had to do is release myself from expectations of what my body was going to look like at the, mm. when I supposedly achieved my goal. And what's interesting is um, every now and then, you know, I, I'm in good shape today. You know, I, I, I realize that 
I still have these little, little thigh pouches, um, <laughs> which were the ones I was trying to beat off of my body and why I was taking um, pills, diet pills that was harmful for my heart and all this and that. You know what? That's part of my great body there. Those little patches of cellulite are going to be there. Yeah. And, and that's part of me. And that's part of being a woman. And you know what? It's fine. And I'm finally, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, that's me. Yeah. Gotta love it. You know, so accepting us as we, as we look and releasing what we deem are, we should like, um, arrived if that makes sense. So totally yeah. makes sense. I love it. And I want to make sure that our listeners get a chance to check out your Instagram, your, um, your website, Facebook, your book, all of that. So will you direct them to the right, all the right channels and websites, all of those things? <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, the book is available on Amazon. Um, it's in, um, um, Kindle version, and then also uh, paperback. And then you can also order it through most likely through your favorite independent bookstore online. It's available that way as well. And then, um, and it's your personal journey with food, a roadmap for the confused and frustrated doctor. And um, my website is tracycromwell.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Tracy Cromwell and on Facebook. So, um, that's where you can find me. And uh, yeah, check, check out the book. I, I, um, yeah, it took Ingrid and I about four years to put it together. It wow. took a lot of effort and time and, and thinking about the best way to guide someone. And so, yeah, it's, um, um, like you said, it, I don't believe there's anything else out there like it either. So yeah, it's super unique and it, it is definitely worth getting and going through and taking again, you know, going back to that question I asked you how to start small. That's the way you can start small is get the book because <laughs> it yeah, does take you through book. gradually. Yeah. And, and with the book, it's your journey. So if you want to read the, the first three chapters over three weeks, you know, or three months and work on that chapter and that's what you want to focus on that's great you know and then if you read a chapter that makes you gives you total anxiety and you just you're like i can't it's just not gonna i just don't have that in me right now no problem you yeah. go go and, and practice what you're learning already and um everyone's at different stages you know and um in their journey with their body and and their health and so it's your journey you know, it's yours. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This is such a good conversation and I appreciate you taking the time to be on. Oh, I am so appreciative of you having me on. It, it, I'm so glad it worked out and uh, we finally got a chance to talk and, and um, again, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.